Hi, Sharp Scratch listeners. Just so you know, this episode was recorded a little bit differently to normal. This is the second of our two-part live series on Freshers Firsts. I really hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Sharp Scratch, episode 37, Freshers First, Social, which, like our previous episode, is recorded live. So, first of all, if you've listened to Sharp Scratch before, this episode will be working a little bit differently to normal. If you're brand new to Sharp Scratch, you're very welcome. So, today we're going to be sharing some of our experiences and hopefully a little bit of wisdom about what it's like starting medical school and becoming a med student. The most important thing today is that we'll be answering questions from the audience uh, throughout the podcast. So let us know what you're most excited or worried about about starting medical school. Or for those of you who are going back to a new year, um, hopefully some of our discussion will be useful too. I'm Anna and I'm a final year medical student at King's. And until recently, I worked at the BMJ as editorial scholar, looking after all the content the BMJ produces for students, including Sharp Scratch. I'm joined today by our old panel members, Laura and Oki. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, okay, hi, I'm Oki. I'm a fourth year medical student at the University of Dundee. And hi, I'm Laura, and I'm a final year medical student at the University of Cambridge. And I'm also absolutely delighted to introduce um, not quite her inaugural um, Sharp Scratch experience because she did make a sort of cameo last week. But I'm really, really excited to introduce you guys um, to the new BMJ Editorial Scholar, Nikki. Would you like to introduce yourself, Nikki? Hi, I'm Nikki, and I'm um, a medical student at Manchester, taking a year out between my third and fourth years to work at the BMJ. So we're really excited to have you with us, Nikki, and hopefully between the four of us we can represent like some quite diverse experiences um, in terms of what we're going to be talking about today, which is social life um, and a little bit about how you can uh, keep yourself well during your first year of medical school. So last week we spoke about academics so if you'd like to listen back to that the episode will be released on all of our usual platforms um but yeah today we're going to be talking about socializing which is exciting yay which (laughs) is all i do (laughs) (laughs) okay i've seen your twitter i know you've been cuddling babies recently and i know (laughs) i know i'm so happy it was the best day of placements ever oh (laughs) so last time I felt like there was some things that we really needed to discuss that are kind of like notorious when you're going into med school so one of them was dissection which we had quite a long discussion about this week I feel like there is one thing that you know we're not going to be able to avoid so we might as well just be upfront about it there's a bit of a stereotype with medics I'm sure people have heard that they're kind of work hard play hard um there's a lot of alcohol involved. There's a lot of like themed socials. We do seem to like dressing up. I'm not sure if that's a uni thing or a medic thing. Um, but obviously, you know, medics are a really diverse bunch. Um, and I think the stereotype can be kind of intimidating and a bit misleading. So, Laura, I want to hear all about your first medic social. My first ever medic social. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but in Cambridge, we're, our freshers week is really intense up over a couple of days. And there were a bunch of different socials. Like we got this college system. So we had co- lots of college based socials. And within that, we had sort of one night where you just have pre-drinks with your uh, subject. So we were all medics. And that night was a Rubik's Cube night, which is a particular kind of dress up where every different group. So for us, every different subject dresses up in a different colour has their own social and then later on meets up and you try and get one of every single colour at the social by swapping items of clothing. So we were all there dressed in green, right. crammed into someone's bedroom, sort of, uh, you know, really huddled down. And it was super cosy um, at first, I guess. <laughs> so super cosy. Um, so I, as I don't know if you guys all know, I, Anna, you know, that I don't drink alcohol in general as a rule. A couple of times that rule's broken, but, you know, sort of, I go to these socials and I bring sparkling water or Coke or something like that. Because you've got to have something to sip when it comes to drinking games. Now, this was really lovely pre-drinks in that we had lots of space and time just to chat. There weren't any drinking games 
some drinking games are, are fun no matter what you're doing, but some are a little boring, repetitive if you're just sipping <laughs> fizzy water. Um, but this was super lovely. We all got chatting. Um, obviously, people start to get a bit tipsy. Now, for me, the highlight of the night was that I knew we were going out for Indian food. So I hadn't eaten all day because I know what Indian food, what, like Indian restaurants can give you these really gorgeous big portions. I hadn't, eat, hadn't eaten all day and I was really looking forward to it. Now, the Indian restaurant was a half an hour walk to walk away. And as you can imagine, as people got tipsier, that walk just got longer and longer and longer. And then we sat down and it took two hours for the food to come. And the food portions were tiny. They were so small. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointing. It was so disappointing. I was hungry after eating mine. I just wolfed it down. Everyone else was like, just, I don't know, being, chatting as a rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, ate, I got to eat both my neighbor's portions as well. And I felt a bit better after that. <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> when you said that you had like a terrible story of a terrible night out that you had i was expecting did, did like, you not hear something awful <laughs> did you not hear the part where i had not eaten all day and... <laughs> but we did hear the part about you eating two other people's meals so i feel like that that kind of balance balances things out a little bit and okay you studied another degree before you did medicine right so did you notice like any significant differences between medicine socializing and other degrees um so my first experience of uni in scotland was scary um because i'm not a big drinker and everyone else around me seemed to be but i think by the time i did medicine in dundee i was acclimatized to the environment so i was okay so i was like and plus so i'm guessing every medical school has this system like the mums and dads system and I was older than my medic parents. And for like the medic nights, I just had like really, really nice drinks, had Aww. nice dinners. It was just lovely. And we're actually genuinely friends. Whereas like my other medic friends, their parents were just like, yeah, party. Whereas me and my parents were just like, yeah, we just want to chill and hang out and have fun. That's work hard, play gentle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, it was, it was just a really nice time. I think we went home at like 11 or midnight. And then we we're just like, okay, hey, oh. bye. I'm going to go home. And I was like, oh, so lovely hanging out today. <laughs> yeah, th that was like my medic crushes. Oh, that sounds so wholesome and supportive. It was so <laughs> wholesome. Yeah. I mean, I did have, to be honest with you, a, quite a different experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mind you. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, honestly didn't go to very much academic stuff apart from dissection in my last in my first two years of medical school so if that is something you're interested in if you're if you are very much interested in socializing um i really like going to like gigs and stuff that's a huge that's always been like a huge part of my life um and being in london like i was suddenly in london all of these gigs wow. were on my doorstep mm. and i was so excited um so i think what i'm hearing from you guys is that there's a huge range of diverse experiences mm -hmm. and I don't think you should be worried when you go to med school that you're like not going to find other people who are interested in the stuff that you're interested in. So Nikki, it'd be great to hear a bit from you about um, kind of how you balance like your social life and your study. This is not something that I am very yeah. qualified to talk about. I'm <laughs> I don't know how qualified I am either. But <laughs> I think it's really important to sort of know yourself and know how well you work when you're busy. So I think some people work better when they're really, really busy and need the time off to socialise with other people and that makes them more productive when they are working. But then and you always meet some like medics who are literally out every night of the week and still get the best grades and you sort of look at them like, how are you doing that? But then you've got to think some people, their life is literally just going out or studying and they don't do maybe, maybe some of like the extracurricular things that you do or like the more relaxed evenings like Oki mentioned that will still take up your time. Mm. So I think it's sort of getting a balance and recognising what you're good at and whether you need to see people three or four times a week to stay sane or whether you need to have set times where you think, right, closer to exams now, I need to say no to going to the pub tonight because I know that it won't be one drink mm. and it will escalate from there. So I think, yeah, it's about like recognising 
what works for you and that might come from trial and error oh 100 <laughs> percent. you definitely might have to make some mistakes on the way to that journey of yeah. self-discovery 100 percent mm. don't think i'm quite there yet but I try. <laughs> yeah but i think that's really important to acknowledge that like probably is true okay correct me if i'm wrong but i was 18 when i went to medical school like i'd been at the same school since i was 13 like it was quite a small school same group of friends did the same thing every weekend um my school had school on saturdays so we would go to school on saturdays which would keep us out of trouble um (laughs) yeah exactly that's the kind of school that it was um so you know i felt like quite sure of myself and like how I could do that balancing of like study and and everything and then when I went to med school it was completely different and I think that really took me by surprise and yeah I think I was probably quite naive when I went to medical school and not anywhere near as clued up as like I have quite a few mentees who are about to go to medical school and they all seemed super clued up and I was like just went off to London, <laughs> lived in a place that I'd never, never been before. So yeah, I don't know if that's like similar to your guys' experiences or... Yeah, one thing that really took me by surprise in the switch in terms of free time was that at sixth form, I didn't have any free periods. I just had classes all day. So that's what I was used to. Can we just pause for a second here? What sort of schools are you guys going to? Yeah. I'm very, very <laughs> what is this? Uh, I did IB. So that was oh. six subjects. Oh. That is um, and okay. so they they do fill up your day. I didn't mind, though, at the time. I didn't have anything else to do, you know. I, I was mm. very used to a structured life. Um, I was happy with that. And then came to university and, you know, medicine is sort of notorious for having loads of contact hours, loads of teaching. But compared to what I'd had before, you know, I'd have yeah. a Monday morning lecture, a Monday afternoon practical, and that's like three hours in between. And I saw my timetable and I saw all these space. you know, I maybe had one or two things every single day, but I saw all these spaces in the, in the timetable and I thought to myself, I've got so much time. Mm. And then I, I joined every society. I tried everything. Yeah, I gave up sleeping. It was <laughs> so fun, so bad for my body um, and uh, not very good for my studies. But, um, but that, was, that was the big change that I really had to get used to having life. I feel like mistakes. everyone should do that, though. I'm very, very yeah. biased because I feel, I feel like all four of us are quite similar. That we just like to do things. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do think, especially in your first year of medicine, you should just try everything and just do as many things as you can to actually find out what you're genuinely interested in. What kind of things did you try, Oki? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I joined my university's big band so i'd never done like jazz music or anything like that before i'm like with your uh, saxophone right which we saw on twitter yeah, yeah. the, the oh. saxophone i play i play the saxophone um <laughs> so you joined big band i joined big band which i sing in um nice i did like a musical theater society for a year i don't like them very much i'm not going to talk about them um <laughs> What else did I do? I joined the African Caribbean Society. I just joined every society. I joined some academic societies. I volunteered as well. I just did Mm. so many different things. Mm. And over the course of many years, some things I did more of, some things just disappeared. Mm. And that's fine. And yeah. yeah. Laura, I went to one, one session of the GKT women's rugby team. Yes! It was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> but I tried it. Oh, good on you. That's so good. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say it's quite interesting because I think I did the complete opposite my first year. So in school, I'd always been so busy, did so many societies and things like that. My form teacher was always like, do you have time? Like, where is it coming from? Do you sleep? And so in first year, I was like, I don't know what the workload is going to be like for medicine and I want to socialise more and stuff. So I didn't join any societies. Mm. And then what I joined in second year was sort of the things I'd missed doing. So like I'd done loads of singing in school and I missed singing. So I was like, right, I'm going to go and join the choirs that I missed doing and joined like my psychiatry society, which I like was in for a few years as well. And I just sort of picked the things that I missed doing and I noticed that I work better when I'm busy because yeah. when I had so much free time in first year it didn't work as well for me yeah yeah that sounds like I mean you say it didn't work as well for you but it sounds like you had a very healthy Probably relationship with FOMO that's <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah, literally <laughs> cool so I think we have a question from the audience let me yeah, it's um, what's the relationship between freshers and upper years like? 
Oh, Ooh. that's a really good question. Such a good question. I'm really curious to hear about what it's like for you guys. Yeah, I think it's it's probably quite different at different unis. Like, Laura, I know at Cambridge, because it's quite small, because of the colleges and stuff, right? Mm. So within a college, you might have some mixing between year groups because, I don't know, for example, for me, there's 15 medics in my college in my year group and then a similar number in the year above and they ran a lot of our socials at the start and there are dinners or other socials that mix all the three pre-clinical year groups because these are the year groups here that live in college live together here the course is very separated between pre-clinical and clinical so clinical students tend to live out of college and I'm not like if I knew any of them it wasn't through medicine it was through extracurricular stuff that I did outside of medicine because the split is really big here so I I did know people in the year above the year above that which is good when it comes to advice because they're freshest out of those exams or those placements or whatever so it's really good to know just at least one the year above but I didn't know anyone in the final years really no no one that I'd go to advice for anyway because the split is so big here yeah I think I was quite lucky in that someone from the year above me at school had actually gone to King's to study medicine um (laughs) which is really awkward that we ended up I mean we were friends um I mean in the way that you can be friends when there's only like you know like 30 of you in the sixth form um so I knew him and um he already had like a lot of friends and um yeah took me took me to their socials and stuff um and as Oki mentioned, they have like a mums and dads scheme. But I think the other thing to say about getting to know older years is that um, it, it really doesn't have to be older years like in your uni. And I think especially at the moment, because so much stuff is online, there are, I don't know if you guys know, but there is a, a community of medical students <laughs> online on Twitter. Hashtag <laughs> um, <laughs> Hashtag med student Twitter. Um, so I think that there is, is opportunities to like get to know people from older years, yeah, even at different sure. unis, like mm. if you want to. But Nikki, how is it in Manchester? I don't think I know anyone apart from you in Manchester. So pre-clinical and clinical years, so the pre-clinical years, the first and second year, are all sort of in the same building most of the time. So you do end up knowing the year above again through the mums and dads scheme quite well. By, and then you meet the year below when you're in second year. And then also I think once you get to third year and everyone's in their separate base hospitals, people mix so much outside of classes or like placement that everyone, you sort of end up meeting people's housemates and then people who other people went to different societies with. And um, especially after sort of third and fourth year when some people have intercalated at different points and some people take years out and you move into like up and down year groups, suddenly I think it's mixed a lot more that I know a lot more people in the year above or two years above than I did Mm. a year or two ago Mm. and you become so good at like having an initial like opening gambit with someone like especially at King's (laughs) there's like 425 people in my year so whenever I go to placement it's like never anyone that I know Mm. and I don't I don't really have that many I don't have like I have like quite a small core group of friends so it's never anyone that I knew so you get really good at doing that like hi I'm Anna this is where (laughs) I've been in the past and this is what I'm interested in so I would recommend um yeah having an interesting fact about yourself for when you (laughs) inevitably have to do one of those really awful (laughs) icebreakers Mm, definitely um what yeah two truths and a lie I'm so bad at that game I always tell three truths yeah, <laughs> it's just a way to win the game. You're isn't just it? too too honest. Too honest. It's not a game if you can't win. It doesn't count. I remember in my freshers' week, there the GKT MSA, which is like the Medical Student Society at Kings, puts on like basically the same. They've put on the same set of events like every single year that I've been at the med school, and um, they put on this thing called the lock and key party, where everyone gets either a lock or a key, and you have to find the person who like oh has your, which is supposed to be good for like ice breaking. But I went, and it was genuinely like one of the most excruciating experiences of my life because that seems like a lot so of really awkward. really short encounters where you test the yeah. key and lock, and if it doesn't work, you're, you're like, like well, bye. Bye. I don't care for you anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah so I think um one thing I was going to say about like socializing in freshers week is I think a lot of people feel under pressure to be having a really good time and you do see stuff like you see all this stuff 
it was Facebook in my day because that's how long ago I was a fresher and no one uses Facebook anymore apparently um, mm. <laughs> you know you see all this stuff on Facebook like other people like looking like they're having an amazing time and you kind of think or at least I did I was like why am I not having a good, <laughs> such mm. a good time yeah. like I, mm. I did have some really good like social experiences um, but I think that yeah there was that kind of element of like everyone else seems like they're having the time of their lives and I don't really feel like I'm having the time of my life yeah. And I think it's totally okay if you feel like that and it, that's totally valid and you, you have to give yourself room to, to have those feelings. And I think, as we discussed last week, there are always people to talk to, um, mm. you know, at your med school or outside of that um, who can help if you're, yeah, just like not yeah. feeling great. I mean, the reality is that sometimes uni doesn't live up to your experiences or that you don't quickly find that sense of belonging because... Really, I mean, we're talking about introducing ourselves a million times, right? You meet so many people and either you're lucky and you vibe with a few people and you reach like this really weird, quick sense of intimacy because you're just spending loads of time together um, and you, and you, you know, get on. Or you feel like you don't necessarily click and you see people vibing all around you and, mm. and you feel like you've introduced yourself and met so many people and there's so many yeah. people around, but you don't click. And that is really, really common, actually, like to have that kind of experience in freshers or in your first mm, term. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't mean that university can't be what you're hoping it's going to be. It just means that you need a bit longer to find mm. your people mm. or that you need to, a bit longer to let people get to know you or for you to get to know yeah. the real people who are underneath that really friendly, open, gregarious, I'm so keen for med school, mm. you know, surface level. That is what you initially yeah. meet. I'm just going to stop you guys there because we that is actually the next thing that I have on my list to talk about. Um, but we need to hear from our sponsors first. How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. But yeah, I, I think something that was really noticeable to me when I first started medical school was this like kind of weird assumption that um you know that the medic medics identity is like this one kind of homogenous group of people yeah. and people introduce I, I always find you know people say like oh how do you know if someone's a medical student because they'll tell you I was like I have had far more occasions where someone someone else has introduced me as yeah. a medical student mm -hmm. before I've even got a word in edgeways but I definitely resonate with what you were saying about mm. not feeling like you you found your tribe and I think I mm. I probably I spoke about this before like on the podcast like I didn't feel like I really fitted in at medical school until I was about halfway through my second year mm. um mm. so that was like quite a difficult experience for me I think particularly because like I think I'd come from I'm the oldest of seven children um I'm not sure if I mentioned that on the pod before but you know it's like the sound of music <laughs> there's a kind of assurance that comes from like being the oldest of a big family and I went to a small school where I kind of knew everyone and I was quite sort of clear in my identity and who I was like within that group of people and I think sometimes when you're like totally displaced from that mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time as well you know like you go from being a school student to being a uni student in a new place removed from like your support systems that you've got and potentially with people who like I don't know if I even as you're saying now like click yeah. with other people like yeah not to mention that the initial, because you're getting to know so many new people, people put their best face on, people put themselves out there. And often what you're actually meeting or putting forward is a version of yourself that 
it can take a little while to get to know underneath that and to yeah. feel like you actually know someone or feel like they actually know you because you're putting so much effort into being open mind you know open when you meet new people yeah exactly and you're putting so much effort into that that it can feel like all you're doing that over and over again as you meet so many new people that you don't actually have time with a smaller group to let your normal self your your baseline your like not high maintenance high energy self to come to the fore and be known um so that takes time and that's normal and that's fine for me integrating into medical school was a bit weird because I stayed at the same uni as I did my last degree. So my first degree, um, I made friends with someone really, really quickly and became like best friends like that. And we were so close with, in such a short space of time that people thought we knew each other from before. Aww. And we just went along with it. So I had like this whole backstory that <laughs> my dad was the ambassador from Nigeria to Poland. And... <laughs> I spoke Polish, so my friend Maciek would speak to me in Polish, and I just replied to him in gibberish, and he'd like reply to me in Polish, and it was like this whole backstory that I think for a couple of years people believed, but that's adorable. Going in into medicine, I didn't have that experience at all. Like it was part of it was my fault in a sense that I was just like, well, I've already got my friends anyway. I don't really care. Mm. But at the same time, it was a bit like, okay, I would like to also know people on my course. Yeah. Mm. And then also, and then becoming acutely aware that, ooh, I am the oldest person in my year somehow. Look at me, I'm so wow. young. I know, wow. right? I'm so young, right? But I was somehow the oldest person in my year. And I really felt like I was the oldest person in my year. Because when you've worked for three years, done another degree... And then you're in the same lecture as 18, 19 year olds. It's like, okay. You, you notice the difference, don't you? I, I, I definitely notice yeah. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And then my friends graduating, friends from my last mm. degree graduating mm. and leaving me behind mm. in this place. So it was, it was like a bit sad, but I got over it, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm over it now. I guess an important thing is that there are friendships to be made outside of medicine. And this was my point about extroverts and introverts and all sorts, is that there isn't just one kind of medical student, but also there are so many other subjects that will go to your university and there's so many other friendships to be had outside as well, Mm. which means that if you feel like you've met loads of medical students and you feel uh, that there's a lot of people of a certain type that you keep meeting and they're not your type there are non-medical students out there too and it doesn't mean you can't Mm. develop you know really good working relationships with your colleagues with you know sort of the you know your dissection table or your dissection group or anything like that you know those those things will come with time just from the time that you spend with those people but it's definitely worth creating some friendships outside of medicine too i reckon oh definitely Definitely. and i just want to pick up on what oki said about Mm. um tricking people into thinking things Going to university is is a, a time where I think some people do t- try to reinvent themselves. You know, if you want to do that. Did I say tricking people? That's... What did I say? I, don't, I do not remember this. What? No, but I was just going to tell a story about my first year of medical school, which I think oh, Laura okay, yeah, already. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. Laura already knows, um, which is that <laughs> I beat one of my um, acquaintances actually, just someone that I didn't really know, at pool. And <laughs> I had I never won a game of pool before. And they were like, Oh, you're really good. Uh, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um I was the Kent under um under seventeens women's <laughs> pool champion. And genuinely the entire the entire year at medical school believed this. My best my best friend Jodie believed it until about halfway through third year. That's beautiful. <laughs> Did you ever have to play any pool? Were you no. ever I was always like, guys, I'm just gonna show you up. Like <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So what? So what? Our advice on this podcast this is, not is, a piece is of lie, 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 lie. This is just a story. <laughs> we talked before in the podcast about non-medical partners, right? Mm. But I don't think we talk so much about non-medical friends. Laura, have you got any tips for making friends outside of medicine? Because it can be quite difficult when you're all kind of going to the same sort of lectures and mm. stuff and where where do you meet these magical non-medical friends i mean that's so interesting because my experience is very different because of this college system 
so college is similar to halls in that way in that whoever you're on your staircase with those I don't know for me those became my friends quite quickly um and then our mums and dad system was not in my college specifically it varies across college but in my college it wasn't by subject so I had two parents from different subjects I had three four siblings from different subjects and they became my best friends uh they're the people that I'm still in touch with actually that those people on my staircase and were any of them medics no none, none of them happened to be medics they studied what classics geography uh engineering linguistics like a whole bunch of different things and so for me it was really easy that way to fall into friendships with non-medical students and then just the time that I spent in lectures in classes with the college medics those friendships grew naturally without me having to actively maintain them necessarily um and then I tended to spend a lot of my non-medical time with the people in my staircase which was lovely mm. um I so- really like I really valued those friendships although the really sad thing is that they leave you after three years that's heartbreaking yes. um <laughs> but I really really valued them because they uh I don't know about you guys but I find that whenever I'm socializing with a bunch of medics medic chat is inevitable yeah like you always end up talking about medicine about your classes about patients you've met about lecturers you've met about whatever coursework you've got going on it's just inevitable i I don't know how it always reverts to this despite i mean surely people don't just love talking about work all the time i mean okay some people it's definitely a passion you want to talk about laura i think you need to hang out with me more because (laughs) i think the problem is most other medics know things whereas i don't know very much so i can't (laughs) talk about medicine (laughs) so if you stick Uh, with me you'll have zero medic chat i'll talk about musicals with you i'll talk about tv but medicine (laughs) <laughs> I think there is a com- I think there is a converse to that though is is also that it, I mean it's something we talked about a lot on the podcast because that this is basically what we talk about on Sharp Scratch right is the hidden mm. curriculum and how mm. you become like mm. how you learn those things to become part of the club of medicine but I remember being at um like some a friend's birthday drinks they weren't a medic there was another girl there who was a medical student and we ended up sitting next to each other we got chatting we spoke for the entire evening it was really nice because I didn't really know that many other people at this party and um after she left someone was like I didn't realize you guys knew each other and I was like no we don't know each other like we're just both medical students Mm. so so I think I mean there's obviously yeah it's a balance to be struck but I think there's also some really nice things about being a medic Mm. and having that kind of that group of people and not to mention that so much of your support on the course comes from those spontaneous social context conversations about medicine that's when you reassure each other like encourage each other and so on so there's definitely a time and a place for it um and someone else has said um do you have any tips for starting med school this year um hearing you guys talking about freshers experiences is making me so jealous and worried that there aren't going to be any socials at all in person yeah it's it's that's a tricky one isn't it um i think it's part of the reason why we kind of wanted to do these live podcasts um because we were aware that things are going to be kind of quite different this year and we wanted you guys and lovely sharp scratch listeners to have an opportunity to kind of pick our brains about Mm. what it was like um when we started medical school Mm. i know that at my med school a lot of the events are being held like partially in person and partially online um so there is like some opportunity for like in-person socials but do do any of you guys have any tips for sort of socializing online well laura the quiz (laughs) (laughs) i mean i you know i've been to a lot of quizzes i think i reckon medics will stay medics and even if you've got to socialize online there'll be a big emphasis on the dressing up so don't do what i did and leave you dressing up your key dressing up items at home do bring them along because i'm your sure dressing be... up box. <laughs> genuinely box. had a dressing up box it's got like a black cape in it and uh like a that's just my wardrobe and, like an orphan <laughs> oh yeah you, i bet you also have an, a little orphan shirt <laughs> <laughs> like... yeah I, I used to wear it all the time at the and office a, and a lace bonnet um all this kind of random stuff and then like you know the the stage makeup you know the sort of the the green eyeliner and all this kind of stuff became very useful in my first year university. I'm sure you'll still get to have a lot of chances to use those whilst online as well. I would say that, you know, for me, hugs and stuff like that were a massive part of freshers and it will suck that that's not part of it. But I guess it's important mm. to remember that they will come and, you know, there'll, there'll be a future where you will get to have great big, lovely Rubik's Cube medic parties and it won't be in your freshers week, but 
it might even be better if you've got if you know who your mates are by then and you have a massive blowout you know for the for the freshest week you never had it could be super fun i know this purely because i'm on my own uni's med socks community um community committee that's the word so we've kind of like made plans for every possible eventuality so if we can do stuff um in person this is how we're going to do it socially distanced and blah 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 if you can't do this event in person this is how we're going to do it online so if your uni's med sock is as good as Dundee's, um, <laughs> well, is it Dundee like the top medical school it now? Is this year. Yeah, it is the top in multiple league tables. Yeah, so Ooh, and apparently, our, apparently, our med sock is one of the best as well. Um, like, I mean, you're just we, saying that because you're on it. <laughs> yeah, true. But we've but but we've got like plans for every possibility, and yeah. we're releasing the information soon. Because freshers don't start for another month in Dundee, so there's yeah. no point in telling people stuff now. Yeah. Hey, and don't you guys think that there's like a lot of drinking games where you don't have to be super close to one another to be having true. that fun? Exactly. I mean, in a different room would be ideal for me. <laughs> I've loved this whole lockdown thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just but, sit on my sofa. <laughs> yeah. But for those who really want to uh, get to know people in person, there are, you know, I'm I'm sure that med, med socks are doing their absolute best yeah. to figure out ways to get people mixing There'll because be you're going to need that support network. Socials that are in tables of six or something like that will happen for you. Yeah, yeah. there'll be something. Yeah. And I went to an event this over the, the weekend actually that was like supposed to be a big in person like quite networking style event mm. and i was like i don't know how this is going to work like online but actually they were quite innovative with like zoom breakout rooms and stuff and it sounds really like trite but it genuinely was quite good mm. and i think it's just about having that confidence to like actually start a conversation if you're in a, yeah. a small room like like the one yeah. that we're in now rather than yeah. just the worst thing i mean the worst thing when you're in person is like just awkwardly sitting there mm which often happened in my tutorials in, in first year and stuff, <laughs> you know, like when yeah. they ask you a question. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it is going to be, it's going to be different. Yeah. It's probably going to be challenging, yeah. but I'm sure you guys will yeah. all have a blast. And everyone's anyway. in the same boat, so yeah. all of the freshers are having the exact same experience. It's not like you're all sat in your room on your own while everyone else is out having fun. Yeah. Similarly, extracurriculars, all those societies are going to be doing their best to keep doing what they're doing, but in a slightly different way. So obviously things like choirs might be a bit trickier for now, but so I love rugby as I'm sure many of you know, and if you don't, you'll definitely know soon. I love rugby and I've missed it a lot over this uh, period. Uh, but just last weekend, we had a day where as many of the people from the women's team and the men's team showed up. We had a lot of rules and regulations, but we played some games. We did lots of fitness. We did renovations to the club. And it was life-giving. You know, there were like 30 people there from each team. And we kept to the rules because we're hoping to be able to do this again. And we had so much fun. And, you know, with those kind of things, you know, we're hoping to get new rugby players involved in the new season. There are going to be societies and different like extracurricular activities that are going to be ready to welcome you who are going to want you to join in. So that's if, you know, aside from the drinking and the clubbing that is going to be very different, extracurricular and so uh, like societies are definitely still going to be wanting you to be yeah. there. So there's that. Yeah. Lara, that is so wholesome. <laughs> I actually feel quite emotional. Oh, honestly, I... You say that with such a straight face. <laughs> I feel honestly, so emotional. Honestly, it was genuinely... <laughs> it was genuinely so life-giving to be there with so many of... You know, it's my beloved team. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. doing the sport we love. The weather was great, which also really helped. There was lots of free food. Well, I mean, we paid for it, but there was lots of food. It was absolutely fantastic. You didn't have to eat the person next to you. <laughs> no, I was satisfied with my own Didn't portion. come to that this time. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I wanted to um, just talk very briefly about, because I know that we, we ended up actually talking about it quite a lot last week, which um, I didn't necessarily anticipate, but I wanted to talk a bit, a little bit about how you can keep yourself well um, at medical school. And um, actually, there's quite a, an interesting um, question that might help us frame that discussion, which says, is med student Twitter worse than or just as bad as med Twitter? Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think that's quite an interesting question because I think it plays into a lot of the things that I think people worry about when they go to medical school and some of which we have spoken about on the podcast before you know like they worry that it will be very competitive um that there'll be a lot of pressure to kind of take on extracurriculars um and you know that that will be unhelpful to your mental health to your physical health and I think it's something that we just really needed to talk about because I think particularly this year where when it's going to be so different it really is important for people to look after themselves and I know that you guys the three of you are really big advocates of people looking after I mean that sounds really stupid doesn't it who's not an advocate of people looking after themselves um (laughs) but I know that the three of you are like really empathetic probably more empathetic than me (laughs) so I thought I'd I thought I'd throw it out to you guys um about Mm. your experiences like kind of looking after your own well-being um Mm. as you kind of started med school well I know that for me after first term the wake-up call that I needed was to prioritize sleep more Mm. which is not something I've ever had to like struggle to do I've always been a regular sleeper before university but there was so much to do so much new stuff so much stuff that seemed more important to me at the time but it made me quite ill as in I didn't realize I was ill I got very sort of hyperactive wired my parents noticed the difference when they came my blood pressure was very very high um yeah no it was uh we had like um a physiology practical class where we had to practice taking blood pressures whilst doing something I can't quite remember the details but there was some physiology experimental aspect to it. And I was partnered with a guy who was wait, awaiting a, uh, he had a, he had a very enlarged kidney or something like that. And, and my blood pressure was far higher than his. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. We monitored, my parents monitored it at home for a little while as I, as I caught up with my sleep. So that's the wake up call that I needed was to prioritize sleep because for me, without it, everything else falls apart. I'm curious about you guys. What was your like wake up call? My wake up call was, well, this is, this TMI, I'm going to let you know anyway. My wake-up call was in first year, I was super into doing everything and being the best at every single thing. And that also, that included extracurricular stuff when I was doing 15,000 extracurriculars and on, on a committee for everything. And I also needed to make sure I got really good grades as well. So during exam time, I worked myself silly and worked myself sick. Mm. And by worked myself sick, I do genuinely mean that I was sick, like going to the toilet to vomit and then going back to study. And that just was not healthy Mm. at all. So I wouldn't recommend that at all. Mm. Um, So I think that was my wake up call, realizing, oh, this isn't normal and I shouldn't be doing this at all. It's not that deep. Um, I did get good, really good grades, but I also kind of realized, eh, it's not right. It's yeah. not worth it to get that that um, extra ten percent in an exam. No. So I like I'd rather be well mm. than get that extra ten percent in an exam. Yeah, it's difficult so, when you're doing all these things that like you enjoy, like you want to be like top of your class. You want to, especially with medics. I think a lot of people are very used to doing quite well academically prior to med school. Then you're suddenly in the same cohort as everyone who's used to doing quite well. And then people, all these yeah. other things, the extracurriculars, socialising, everything is important to you. That I think you, if you are piling it all on, you sometimes don't realise that it's too much because you enjoy each thing individually. It's just as a combination, it's too much. And I think it's knowing when to shut off or log out of medic Twitter or whatever it is that you need to do to just... Because mm. I, think, I think we mentioned it last week, but mm. it's, there's, it's difficult because it's like, there's never you've never really done enough like with medicine I think you can never really know all of medicine anyway that's true there's no like limit to what you can learn it's not like when you hand Um, an essay in and you're done with it there's mm. no limit which is why I I developed a bare minimum principle (laughs) it's one of of my rules so it's something I do every day that shouldn't take more than half an hour to an hour so Mm. mine is 20 past med questions or BMJ on examination, and, <laughs> and um, 100 knowledge tutor questions. But I, I know 100 knowledge tutor questions sounds like a lot, but it's actually not. So like this morning, I did it in like seven minutes. So like I, I've, I've, turned, I've turned it into like a game for myself. Like, oh, how quickly can I do it? So my rule is as long as I've done that for the day, I'm fine. 
then and then, ob- yeah, then, ov- then obviously closer to exams, I'll obviously do more work and more revision and stuff. Mm. But at the minimum, as long as I do my 20 exam questions and 100 knowledge user questions, which is just like mm. quick keywords, then yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And I guess a really important thing that I'd say for keeping well is to keep talking to people who are outside of medicine, whether that's friendships that you cultivate or whether it's just to keep talking to your family um, back at home if you move into a new city just keep talking to them because they will continue to be impressed by you doing what you might call yourself the bare minimum or just good enough but they'll continue to be impressed by that stuff and they'll continue to want to hear your stories of what's going on without coming back at you with another story of something different or better or whatever like that those kind of relationships will be a really good place for you to step back to if you feel like things are if there's a bit too much competition in your normal circles mm-hmm. that um it's really good to cultivate those relationships where the, the competition isn't even there there's no there's no way for implicit comparisons to come up in conversation because you can just mm-hmm. talk about other things it's great yeah and to add to that do mm-hmm. just actually continue talking to people because yeah. i'm sorry mum for going awol for weeks oh 100 percent. oh my goodness <laughs> i forgot to call my parents for ages um this is definitely very very important and so worth doing yeah because yeah. yeah, they will start like you know calling calling up your halls and asking <laughs> if anyone's seen you um, <laughs> that didn't happen to you did it, anna did that happen oh yeah. no <laughs> she's nodding for the people listening on the podcast my goodness yeah yeah so um so i think i think my kind of biggest thing would be to con- yeah continue talking to people and also just really do like cut yourself a break like cut yourself some slack um because it's it's really challenging and it can be quite mm. overwhelming and i said it at the end of the last podcast um but i'm gonna say it again it's baffling like the whole experience mm. is baffling and you just need to lean into that bafflement and just appreciate <laughs> that that bafflement is okay and normal mm. um <laughs> i don't know that's, I mean, here we are talking about, I... yeah, here we are talking about bare minimums and good enough. But the truth is that when you're a fresher, like you don't know what is good enough yet. You don't know where that threshold That's is. Exactly. So you've got mm. to trust the people in the year above. You've got to trust them when they're seeing how you work it. Mm. And they're saying, you know, you don't worry, you've got it. You're doing well enough. You've got to trust that limit. Otherwise you can work yourself too hard in search of a threshold that you're not familiar with. Mm. And Laura, didn't you write an excellent um, BMJ opinion piece about about that? <laughs> about managing expectations, was it? Or about being content with studying? Being content. Uh, yeah, being content with just having studied. Um, yeah. Even if you didn't manage to accomplish any fantastic, amazing goals during the pandemic. Because it's been tough. You've got to, got to just be okay with what you've done and trust that it will be enough. Okay, so you guys, looking back on your time at medical school so far and all the experiences that you've had, what would be the one thing you would want to say to your first year self about social stuff or like well-being? You know, just before they're about to like take that bag up to their room in halls, set it down, their parents were going to go or their friends or their guardians and they were going to sit down on their bed in halls. What would you say to them in that moment? Um, No, I would say to sort of keep trying and keep stay put in Manchester I think a bit more because I came home a lot of weekends because I was in a long distance relationship and some of my best friends were on gap years and I made good friends with a lot of my flatmates but once I made friends with sort of four or five people I didn't make much effort to get to know the people on my course in the second semester when we changed groups I didn't really go and socialize with those people as much as I perhaps could have and then in second year I sort of ended up meeting more my people if you like and making much closer friendships with people that I perhaps could have met a lot earlier on if I'd been putting myself out there more that's a really really good tip yeah. I would I would definitely agree I know I definitely did not make that much effort with people because in Scotland most degrees are four years so when I started my first year of medicine all my friends from other courses were still present and then they mm-hmm. left me so make 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 effort with your course mates because i i always thought i was quite cool i was like the anti-medic i don't i don't need to have medic friends i'm cool but bless you 
Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when, when all your other friends leave, it's like, okay, I'm by myself now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what you guys are saying is to keep open-minded. Yeah, like, definitely. Obviously, you, form connect, you might form connections really quickly or you might not, but either way, keep open-minded because you don't know where your mm. friendships are going to come and where your friendships are going to be needed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd say to your, your first year self, Oki? I would say, bro, it ain't that deep. Like, can, <laughs> I'd say that too. I love you, that. Yeah. you can chill a little bit it's fine like you don't have to do everything i think i had like some sort of extracurricular every night of the week wow. i was getting up at like five in the morning to study before uni like just doing ridiculous things no. that i just did not need to be doing too too much no, yeah team yeah. too much and in hindsight the people who were getting the really good grades weren't also doing all this other extracurricular stuff yeah. that took up five nights a week um so they were probably a lot more rested than i was and yeah sure like the experiences were good and like it got me to the person i am today but i think i could have ended up being the person i am today without suffering so much i guess what i'd say is that you're going to get so much advice medical students love giving advice here we are on sharp scratch giving advice <laughs> because we love it like it's, and it's we're part not of... giving advice we're just talking about ourselves <laughs> <laughs> and it, i mean <laughs> it's, it's part of them you know it's part of the hidden curriculum it's part of all the knowledge that gets handed down you're going to hear a lot of it but the most important advice that comes from the people that really care about you so do keep in touch with your parents let them know how you're doing listen if they're you know if they're concerned about you take that seriously if they're buzzing for you then lean in you know it's make sure you do keep rooted with who you were before you moved to university and uh, and and trust um the people that you know that care about you mm. well i'm kind of excited but also a little bit sad because this is my last ever wrap up as um, host of sharp scratch so what I would tell my fresher self, in fact, what I try and tell myself now is stop taking yourself so seriously. <laughs> like, throughout the most of my like first couple of years at medical school, I thought the only way other people would take me seriously was if I took myself extremely seriously. Mm. Um, but it was only when I realised that I could show my personality, talk mm. about making mistakes, laugh at myself, that I actually started enjoying my uni experience. And kind of in the same vein, if I'm actually sat down with my 18-year-old self, don't bleach your hair again. You know it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and red lipstick does look good on you. <laughs> so oh. I am absolutely delighted um, to be able to hand over the... Um, it's a metaphorical mic, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't actually hand over a mic because clearly we're not in the same place. Um, but I'm really, really thrilled to be able to hand over... Um, the uh, reins of Sharp Scratch to Nikki. That's all from us on Sharp Scratch today. If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts. You can check us out on social media. We're BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag Sharp Scratch. We'd also love to hear your ideas for what we should cover this season. And that'll be really useful for me, actually. If you have any ideas, let us know. Um, <laughs> it's also really helpful if you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other med students find the show and please share it with your friends as well but until then thank you for watching and bye from all of us goodbye, goodbye. Bye.